The views and opinions expressed by any hosts or guests of WJMS Radio do not reflect the beliefs of its owners or associates. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to WJMS Radio or the show hosts whose words, advice, and or opinions appear from or on our website or on air. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Are we on the air? You're listening to WJMSRadio.com. Jam. This chick is a sick individual. You're tuned in to Sound Off with your girl Jams right here on WJMSRadio.com. There is no competition. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Sound Off right here on WJMS Radio. This is your girl, Jams, and I am so excited to be with you guys today. I got some good news and some bad news, of course. Good news is I'm live today for this conversation, and I'm so excited for it. The bad news is this is going to be my last live conversation for the season, unfortunately, so they're going to be pre-recorded from now on, um, but that's okay. Not to worry, not to worry. For all those folks that tune in with me regularly, you know that I do these conversations via Get Vocal. So I will still be pre-recording my shows and doing them through Get Vocal so you can still contribute, comment, and stuff like that while I'm doing the show. And then they will replay on Saturday at my normal airing time. So again, last live show for the season, unfortunately. Um, But it's definitely going to be a good one. I'm really, really excited. For those folks who are looking for where to tune in, you can catch us on WJMS Radio live right now we are also simulcasting on my personal facebook page the wjms radio facebook page and our wjms youtube page so you can catch this conversation in all those different locations as well as right here on get vocal please feel free to comment like and share i will definitely uh try to get all of your comments in as we're speaking um this is going to be kind of a crazy show i have a feeling so (laughs) i will do my best to facilitate everybody getting their conversation pieces heard uh so before i get into the show I want to thank everybody that tunes in and all the folks behind the scenes that help make Sound Off and WJMS Radio possible. Thank you guys so much for all the hard work you do. Before we get into the show, real quick, shameless self-plug, October 20th, uh, Sunday, Sunday morning, I am doing the Lung Cancer Walk in Brooklyn, right across the Brooklyn Bridge. So if you are interested in joining my team or making a donation, please let me know. I'm trying to raise two grand for my team, for Team Jams. So far, we're doing pretty good. We've already got a sign um, along the way. We've, we've reached a couple of milestones, which is great. So I'm excited. Um, and this will be my first walk where I'm affected individually and personally by um, the situation. Um, Although I've done the MS walk for in honor of my mother, this is one that actually affects me specifically. (laughs) Um, And I'm kind of excited because I'm also speaking at the walk too, which is crazy. I never thought that I would be speaking at this kind of an event, Um, but here we are. So that being said, if you want to join Team Jams, if you want to come walk with us, if you want to donate, please, by all means, reach out to me. Let me know. I'll get you that information. Um, So I want to get into the show for today. We need every single minute that we have for this conversation i am joined today you know social media is an interesting thing um i've been friends with this gentleman on social media for quite a while actually um and i don't know how it happened or how like how this came about but all of a sudden we were communicating i think i may have said something about the show and like you know one of us slid into each other's dms was like hey i should be on your show and i was like 
yeah, you should. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, well, what are we going to talk about? And then here we are today. Um, So we're going to have a really, really great conversation with you guys. My special guest for today is Don Brown. He's a native Philadelphian. So shout out to Philly. Um, Yes, yes. He's an accomplished entrepreneur. He's an influencer in the endorsing industry. And he owns his own creative staffing industry called Don Brown Design, while he's also pursuing a career in marketing. So I am very excited to welcome him to the show today. This was his idea. Disclaimer. (laughs) Before we get into it was, wasn't it? This is totally all him. Um, we're doing a conversation today, not just about him and all the things he's doing. We're going to be talking about politics. Now, y'all know, y'all know that ain't me. You know, jams don't do politics. I do not do politics. It's not my thing. But today, I am going to make an exception for a really super awesome guest, um, and I think a very, really, a really good conversation um, that I think we all need to have and need to sort of be familiar with before we get to these polls. So I'm very, very excited to welcome you to the show today, Don. How are you? And thank you again for joining me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I am doing great. It's an awesome Saturday. Getting the weekend started right by being on your show. So I couldn't be more excited (laughs) to uh, get this conversation started. Definitely. So I gave the audience a very, very brief um, introduction as to who you are. But why don't you give everybody Mm -hmm. a little bit more of an in-depth, I guess, just description of where you came from, you know, how you got started and, you know, how you got to where you are today. Right. Awesome. So, um, I actually just turned 30, uh, this past summer. Um, <laughs> so there's milestones everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess I got my career started as an entrepreneur, um, back in the collegiate days, actually. Uh, I was a senior in college and um, you know, obviously, like everybody trying to take that next step, figuring out what to do. Uh, for me, the the full-time job or full-time career didn't come right away, you know, so it took me about five years to actually get into my career. So within that time, I was exhausting almost every option. <laughs> we didn't try everything, <laughs> nothing illegal. We didn't go to the army, although my family wanted me to enlist in the army because, you know, five years, that's a long time. And you're trying to figure out what to do with your life and the student loan payments are piling up. So um, I kind of fell into, you know, entrepreneurship. Uh, one of my good friends from college, actually, uh, he played basketball um, there at Philadelphia University, which is now Jefferson University. Okay. Uh, he was already in the endorsing world. So just by kind of reconnecting with him, um, you know, I was able to get around some of the people that he knew. Um, and as a byproduct, once I actually found out, you know, what he was doing and, uh, you know, the, the kind of lifestyle that's available, I did everything in my power to <laughs> kind of make a good impression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, that led to me actually getting into the field myself um, as an influencer. So uh, really one of the best decisions I've ever made that I didn't really know I was making at the time. You know, at that point, I just wanted a little bit of extra money outside of my uh, kitchen job at the nursing home, <laughs> which was back in 2013. Okay. Uh, you know, and fast forward now, you know, where obviously endorsing and influencer, um, you know, roles are so popular uh, widely through social media. Um, you know, it definitely was, uh, you know, a godsend. And so I'm definitely thankful for that. I'm having fun with it. Um, outside of that, I also, um, started my own graphic design agency. Um, that started out as me just trying to get money. <laughs> you know, I, I graduated from Philly U uh, with a degree in graphic design. And uh, like I said, you know, it took me five years to get a professional role. So that in between time, I was just figuring out a way to use that skill and make money. So I would design 
uh, logos for people. I would post it to my social media and then people start to inquire, um, you know, and once they started asking, I figured I'd, you know, make it real deal and, and, and get professional with it. So I uh, started up my own graphic design freelance company, uh, been in business for eight years now. Uh, and that has sort of led to it turning into more of a staffing agency to the point where now it's not just me designing for clients, uh, but I also help other designers find work through my network of clientele that I currently have, uh, which is growing uh, and it's been amazing. Uh, I love it, not only doing what I love, but also helping other designers find work. So, you know, if they're in a similar situation like me, where, you know, it, it's taken some time to get that, you know, career position, uh, you can still monetize your your talents and your gifts. Um, so it's been going great. Uh, we're definitely busy right now. We're actually looking to hire. So if you are in the Philadelphia, New Jersey, Atlanta, or New York area, uh, and you are a graphic designer or photographer or videographer, um, and you're looking for work, uh, you can definitely get in touch with me. We have clients ready. Um, and if you're looking to make a little extra money, uh, I'm sure Don Brown Design can help you out. There you have it. So I'm excited to actually talk about some of these things because it's it's weird because had we had this conversation maybe, you know, I want to say five years ago, nobody okay. would know what an influencer is. You know what I mean? Like that is yes. wildly yes. become popular in like the last, just last handful of years, to be honest with you. Right. So, you know, how did you kind of... I've I've kind of toyed with the idea of of being an influencer myself, though I have zero awesome. zero formal training, oh. zero kind of idea how to do it. I just know when I post up videos of funny things, you know, lots of people look at them and I'm like, and they do what I ask them to do. So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, there you go. So um, I've toyed with the idea of doing it, but I mean, how did you sort of realize that that was something you like to do? I mean, was it like more or less the same thing as me? You put a video out and it kind of took off or was it one of those things where, you know, you've always been somebody who's sort of a trendsetter and kind of ahead of, of the, the game in certain things? Um, well, I don't believe I've always been a trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't ascribe to that. Um, really, I just think... Um, I've always been the certain kind of person that people would gravitate to, whether it be friendship or advice. I'm very casual, easygoing. And those qualities and those characteristics lends itself well to um, endorsing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, brands and stores and companies, they have no face. They have no personality. So they want to tie their brand to someone who does. Yeah. Um, so influencing and, you know, endorsing, it, it's, it's not something that, well, I'll take that back. Maybe you could get formally trained, you know, to do it. Um, so I'm not ruling that out. But I had no formal training. Uh, I, I didn't go to school for it. You know, really, it's just it fit well for me. I'm an outgoing person. I like to talk. I like the whole conversations. I'm not shy in that regard. Um, and just an easygoing person. And like you said, uh, the most important thing, you have influence. Mm -hmm. You have actual influence. You have a great reputation. Um, you know, people value your advice and your recommendations. And that's all natural and organic. As long as you have those things uh, and as long as you have, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit, you know, you're, you're hardworking. Companies can attach their brand to your name and, and, and monetize that, obviously. And but there's definitely money in it for yourself. So really, I just leverage the personality that I have had <laughs> you know my whole life and and it's not one particular personality you know 
you don't have to be super outgoing. You don't have to be the jokester or the comedian. Uh, you don't have to be the fashion forward person. Mm-hmm. You just got to be a good person. You know, uh, you know, if, if you want people to speak well of you, yeah. because uh, one thing that I tell people, it really doesn't matter which brands um, that you have a partnership with. If your if your word isn't good, if your name isn't good, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, no one's going to take your uh, recommendations seriously. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah. Rule number one, just be a good person. <laughs> and, you know, the influencer industry might be for you. Yeah. And it's it's funny. There's people like for those folks that don't know, influencers do make quite a bit of money. You know, there's the people you see with thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. Companies will literally pay them money to post a picture of them holding their product. Like if Poland Spring, you know, hint, hint was to, <laughs> <laughs> was to sponsor this show. You know what I mean? Like they would take a picture. I would take a picture like this, like, oh man, thank God for Poland Spring. And Poland Spring would send me a check for like $5,000 just to... Right just to, to reach access to the people that I have access to, you know, and exactly. the, the idea of, you know, word of mouth nowadays is a big thing. You know, the, look at how many, yes. how many of us go shopping online and make our decisions mostly and almost solely based on the reviews of other people. You know, like you go on amazon.com and you buy something. The first thing you do, scroll to the bottom. What are the reviews? the reviews? What do the reviews say? You know, Oh, this runs small. Oh, this runs big. Oh, you know, like you look at what people have to say. So, we care and we live in a society where we care a lot about people's yeah, opinions yes. of, of things, people, places, whatever. So, you know, being an influencer, if some people are like, oh, you don't make any money, you can make some serious money. You know, I've, I, oh, yeah, listen, like, listen, teach me, <laughs> teach me. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, but yeah, it's, 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 I, it's a lot of money in the industry. It um, is. I get, sure. I get torn between this idea of like being an influencer and being out and about, like, in the public, you know, the public face or whatever you want to say. And, also being private at the same time, you know, like I, like okay. my Instagram page is private, <laughs> you know, or it was, okay. it was anyway, until I realized that I'm like, oh, this is kind of how you, you have to have a public page for companies and businesses to see what you're posting, you know? So like, that's, uh, it's hard. And well, well, I'll also add this because there's, there's different levels mm-hmm. of influencing and there's, you know, different levels of, of money that's available. Yeah. Um, and it does not necessarily have to be based solely upon your social media pages. Uh, me, for example, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a, you know, high performance athlete. Uh, I might have a, a thousand or so, you know, followers on Instagram, maybe 1500, 2500 on Facebook. So it, it's not always based upon how many friends you have or how many followers you have. The social media aspect of it is great and it can be utilized to to, to bring in income and, and grow your network, right? Uh, but it can also be simply just based on your circle of influences, literally, in real life. You know, what networks are you a part of? You know, are you big in the collegiate network? Uh, maybe uh, a network just based off of your job and your career, you know, whatever field you're in, you know, those connections family, friends, connect, uh, connections, community connections, you know, are you big in your community? You know, so it, it does not necessarily have to be just based upon, um, your social media. And, and I, I'm actually, I'm thankful it isn't because yeah, I, I don't have thousands of thousands of followers, you know, um, but for the people in real life, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is just as important, actually maybe more so important 
because I think people get lost in the whole numbers game of Instagram and how many followers you have. Yeah, they do. You know, followers can be bought. <laughs> you know, um, people pay for followers. So followers don't actually equal influence all the time, uh, which is why I, I spoke initially about your personality, your character, your reputation. That is where your influence is coming from. So I'm thankful for a guy like me, only a thousand followers on Instagram. You know, I can still be an influencer, uh, primarily based off of just my personality and my network in real life. Yeah. You know, the circle of influence uh, that I have in real life, whether it be my college, the graphic design industry, uh, just in the uh, in the city of Philadelphia. You know, um, so yeah, don't don't rely too heavily on followers because. If it was that, then I'd be losing. <laughs> and I should be. I should have been an influencer. I'm just saying, like, I'm cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. No, you know, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, I feel like all of those things that you said, you know, I kind of have those things. You know, I, people do respect my, my opinion on things. People come to me to ask my opinion on stuff. Like, if I put up, like, I'll give you the example. I did the, the Impossible Whopper um, taste test. And okay. people were like, oh, my gosh, this looks great, blah, 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 because, you know, they have them out now. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do a taste test and see, like, a regular Whopper versus an Impossible Whopper and see, mm -hmm. you know, what the big deal is. And I tried it, and, like, the video went – like, people were commenting crazy on the video. And I know a lot of people that reached out to me afterwards and were like, yeah, we went and tried it. And it was like – it was crazy because we watched your video. We let, like we watched a six-minute video of you eating a hamburger, and we were like, we have to go try this. I'm like, y'all yeah. watched me <laughs> eat a cheeseburger for six minutes, like – it is what it is, you know, so I feel like, you know, the people around me um, do kind of respect my opinion on things. But there's also certain brands that I'm trying to attract. Like there is brands that I really would like to be an affiliate for um, or a brand okay. ambassador for because it's like I do I, I wear and rep their stuff all the time. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, if I can get a kickback for doing something that I do regularly and for a brand that I support and acknowledge and endorse, then it's like, hey, sure. why not? You know, that's just smart business. Why not? You're, you're, you're given <laughs> them your money already yeah exactly <laughs> they're taking your money already you might as well get a kickback you know for promoting them and, and, and talking about their brands you know to your friends and family and networks yeah so this makes sense steven checks in on get vocal and says how is your success as an influencer measured i'll present that to you okay so it's basically measured by the the amount of traffic and volume um, that you bring to their website. So if you have a, you know, a, a store that, well, everyone has an online, um, you know, segment. So if they go online, they make a purchase, you know, they go through your portal, their user code, um, or whatever, you know, that's how it's tracked. So, um, someone goes online, um, let's say target per se, and, and they, they spend, you know, 200, Four hundred dollars, which is easy to spend on Target. It is like you go <laughs> to the checkout and you look at the total, <laughs> and it's like I didn't plan on spending all this money, but now that we're here, yeah, just click submit. So, um, you know, whatever amount of money that you bring to that retailer, um, they're giving you back a percentage of it because from their perspective, they would not have got that purchase if it wasn't for you telling, you know your friend, your coworker, whoever it is, someone on Instagram to go ahead and go to their store and make that purchase. So, um, yeah, they, they share back uh, the revenue and percentage. And it's a sliding percentage just based off of the total, you know, amount of revenue uh, brought in. Okay. So, so oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say, so 
uh, really the the success uh, is really up to you, you know, because everyone's definition of success is different. You know, some people are satisfied with, you know, a grand a month. You know, somebody might be be more ambitious and, you know, want to make 120 grand a year, you know. So um, I think each influencer can define what success for them. Um, but as far as how the company defines it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bringing uh, revenue to their, you know, to their e-commerce platforms. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So I want to talk a little bit about um, your, you know, you have a creating sta- a creative staffing industry agency, which is great. But yes. before we get into that, the this idea of the social media marketing, um, I have to ask the question because I kind of do in all of these different fields now. Like, you know, I ask photographers how they feel about the iPhone. So I have to ask, okay. you know, folks like you, how you feel about social media marketing and this idea that people think they can do it themselves. You know, you're offering people a service where you're helping them, you know, market appropriately. Um, mm-hmm. And nowadays people are like, oh, I can do this. I can just, you know, boost an ad on Facebook or I can just, you know, promote something on on Instagram and, you know, get the same results. So how do you set yourself apart as somebody who is in this industry um, to really establish, you know, your value in this industry so that people will say, I'd rather work with him than work with myself or, you know, ultimately do nothing altogether? <laughs> right. So uh, regarding like Facebook ads and Instagram ads and things like that, um, they do work. They are effective. Um, I consider those uh, scared. I consider that a hard skill. Mm-hmm. Like this is something anyone can do, um, and it's widely used. You know, you spend some money, you post or boost a post for a week or two, and that could reach people um, that you may not have reached before mm-hmm. organically. Um, but some of the soft skills, as far as social media marketing, that might be okay. Engaging. Um, your users and your followers, you know, properly, you know, uh, wording certain posts to um, kind of generate conversation uh, because that's really what you want. You want comments, even more than likes, you want comments, you know, because, and the, the algorithms change all the time, but the more comments you have under a post, the longer that post is going to stay visible to the average follower, the average user, um, you know, things like content, you know, everybody wants to have a business page, but what's your content like? Do you have three months of content stored and, and, and ready to go at the press of a button? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because, yeah, I see a lot of pages. They have a good product, maybe, but their their content is sporadic. So they might post once a week, once every two weeks, or they might post eight times in one week and then don't post for the next three weeks. Yeah. You know, so how are you properly and consistently engaging in your base, you know, um, do they know your page is alive or is this a page that, you know, says hello three times a month and then goes away, you know? So I think that there's a lot of different things when you're talking about social media marketing, that if you want to be successful with it, you have to consider, um, outside of simply, simply giving Facebook $20 to boost a post. True. Definitely true. Um, so before we transition into the big, bad, scary politics section of our show, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share with the audience in terms of any endeavors that you're doing right now? Any, you know, community service or any events or things coming up on the horizon that you want to give us before we transition? Um, well, there's always a lot going on with me. Uh, my schedule is extremely packed these days and I'm trying to kind of juggle everything, you know, as an entrepreneur, someone who works you know, uh, in the career of marketing as, you know, for my nine to five. 
um, and then just being involved heavily with, um, you know, church responsibilities and things like that. So um, on the business end, um, I'm looking to expand in a couple more states. Uh, right now, Don Brown Design is in five states, um, but we're definitely looking to expand, um, you know, into 15 to 20, uh, which is why I'm always looking for designers and photographers. Um, so that's something that we're, we're actively, you know, uh, looking at right now. Um, as far as the, the regular nine to five, that's been going pretty steady. Uh, nothing too new on that home front. Okay. Um, and then on, in personal life and, you know, just with the, the social life, uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. Just, just trying to build and grow uh, every day. So yeah, not, not anything too big going on right now that right. I can disclose at the oh. moment. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. That's, that's always important. That's always important. We want to share news in a timely, a timely matter. Well, uh, but yeah, up. people can definitely uh, kind of engage with me through social media. Uh, my Facebook page is Donald Henry Brown, which is my full name. Uh, my business page is Don Brown Design. There I share a lot of my uh, design work, uh, photography and videography work. Uh, if you're big on Instagram, you can follow me there. I probably use Instagram the most mm -hmm. out of all the platforms. Um, I post my design work, but I usually kind of share a little bit of my everyday life, you know, uh, as a marketer and a influencer. So, okay. yeah, you guys can follow me there. All right. And again, I'll, at the end of the show, I'll give you the opportunity to shout your contact information out again, because I'm sure there are going to be people that want to continue to argue with you at the end of this conversation. <laughs> so I will give hey, them your I'm, info. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I don't like to argue. <laughs> Anyone who knows me, I, I'm not a guy that really gets into arguing, but I love dialogue and conversation. All right. So if you want to you know, converse with me on any of these topics, I am, I am more than willing, because I think we, that's what we need. I, I really believe that Politics should not be this big bad wolf in the background that everyone's scared to address because it affects all of us. Mm -hmm. it, it it affects, dare I say, almost our entire life and our livelihood. So we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it, but we should be informed. And I think the problem with a lot of Americans, or uh, specifically millennials, is we're not that informed. You know, when it comes to politics, so a lot of sharing or resharing of, you know, misinformation um, begins to happen and that becomes a problem. Oh my goodness, does it? And it's one of those things where we're the generation that wants to be angry about everything. And I say we're, but I, I loosely consider myself a millennial. I'm, I feel like I'm not, but I'm not going to get into that argument with people. Like, <laughs> I feel like anybody who grew up with dial-up internet, like, is not a millennial. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anybody who had the patience to deal with dial-up internet and, like, someone picks up the phone and your internet connection is gone, if you right. deal with that, right. <laughs> if you played outside till the streetlights came on, you're not a millennial. Like, you're you're somewhere in between the two, you know? Like, and I kind of fall into that somewhere in between the two thing because I didn't grow up with a right. cell phone in my hand, you know? Like, that wasn't, no, me, that wasn't me, you know? Like, we had gigapets. That was it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I come from the days where we got our internet on a CD. Yes. Yes. AOL would send you a CD with like 50 minutes. Yep. And you could use those minutes, but once you were done, <laughs> either you had to get another CD oh. or maybe go find uh, you know, some mail that somebody discarded that had oh, an unused CD goodness. and get their minutes. So yeah, we're we're kind of like we don't between. have two feet in the millennial yeah. you know, generation, maybe one, one and a half. Yeah. It's you know? like, you know, we had uh, we if we have if you have a blockbuster card. 
You know, you're not a millennial. Like, yes. yes. You know, like there are things that set you apart. Like we didn't grow up with this like technology based everything. Like we we kind of nope. were we were that generation that was like we grew up with both. You know, we started mm-hmm. out young and we grew into the technology that they have today. We didn't start with it. So I just feel like there should be a right. differentiation. Anyway, I digress. I say all <laughs> that to say. I say all that to right. say. This is a generation that likes to argue about everything and talk about why things are wrong and so on and so forth, but they don't understand why it is the way it is. You know, the reason why you didn't get a big tax refund this year is because of the tax cuts that such and such put into place. You know, like there are things that Mm -hmm. happen behind the scenes that affect you. And it's not just like, oh, this outcome is the way it is. No, this outcome is because of, you know, the things that happen behind the scenes that you weren't paying attention to. Um, And so the point of this conversation, like I I always say I don't do politics. And the reason I don't do politics is like no matter how much research I feel like I do on any specific candidate, I Mm -hmm. never feel like it's enough. You know, I always feel like I'm I'm just I'm not quite there yet. You know, and like it's just one of those things where like you never feel like you're well versed enough in something to understand or have a, a meaningful conversation. So for me, it's like I try to just stay away from politics in general because it's like you hit me with a, a left field statistic and I'm like, I mean, OK, <laughs> but like, you know what? That That's not a bad thing yeah. because you're learning. Yeah. And I think as long as you're approaching the conversation uh, with a perspective and a willingness to learn, then those conversations can be fruitful Yeah. because now you walk away with with something new like, oh, OK, I didn't know that out of left field fact that, you know, so and so told me now I know maybe let me research it on my own, you know, kind of, you know, find out if it's valid or not. And if it is, OK, great. Thanks for educating me. Yeah. But I think uh, a lot of times today and even in the past, people don't want to be educated. People have this belief and they're going to hold on to that belief, <laughs> whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, and nothing you can say can change it. You That's know, um, and I, I kind of I want to get people I want to encourage people to get out of that mindset, because that mindset is the reason why our political scene is the way it is now. Yeah. Like our politics is basically you know, white collar, red and blue. It's like, it's like a high stakes game of blood and crips where <laughs> if you're on the red side, you're going to ride on the red side. Anything that the blue say, you're not down with. And yeah. if you're on the blue side, the red side can do no wrong or no right, you know, and you don't even want to listen to it. You'll probably actually still support your side, even if you're in the wrong. You know, and I think a lot of Americans, if you really look like look into it, we're somewhere in the middle. You know, I don't I really don't believe everyone is 100 percent red or 100 percent blue. But based off of campaigns and ads and commercials, they paint that picture, you know, to make you want to come to their side. And it's up to the American public, you know, individually to do your own research and find out, Okay, I do agree with you know, such and such on the right, but I also agree with this on the left, you know, so where does that leave me? You know, and I think that's the question that we all have to answer, you know, um, you know, coming up in November of 2020. Yeah. So I think let's, let's start this conversation by breaking down the political process, if you will. So can you talk to us a little about how politics works from like to the ele- like what takes us what leads us up to the election in 2020 you know can you kind of break that down for us like local level elections and so on and so forth okay so th- that's a lot <laughs> that's definitely a lot and i yes. will not 
I'm, I'm not going to claim to be a political expert because I am not. <laughs> um, but I will say just to help any anybody out, um, because what you have going on right now is the, the Democratic primaries and you have like 20 people uh, vying for that nomination. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you have people that are, you know, kind of throwing their hat in the ring, you know, uh, wanting to run for president. Um, in order to um, get on these debate stages, um, there's different checkpoints um, that you have to clear. And they're all based around donations. So if you, if you have uh, a certain amount of money donated to your campaign, you are allowed to be um, on the platform, on the debate platform. Um, so, you know, in the early stages, you see all these um, people who are running for president, uh, they're out looking for donations. They want people to donate, you know, whether it comes from big corporations, which is like the easy way to hit those monetary checkpoints, mm-hmm. or if it's more grassroots, uh, which usually takes a little bit more time. Um, but that's usually more valued, especially nowadays, because we we kind of don't like um, or we tend to be wary of candidates who have a lot of corporate or, you know, big dollars being funneled in from corporations. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, you have to basically uh, get enough money donated by a deadline in order to be on these debate platforms. Once you are on the debate platforms, obviously you can expound upon your policies and things like that. Um, and then it's really up to, um, the voters in polls to say who they favor. So you'll see a lot of Democratic polls, national polls, state polls saying who's leading, who's trailing, you know, who's in first, third, you know, things like that. Um, but basically to get all the way to the nomination, um, you know, it's, it, it kind of takes money <laughs> because you need to be on as many debate platforms as possible um, to be heard as, as much as possible on a national scale. Um, and so I think right now we're at 20. I know some people dropped out. I think de Blasio dropped out already. I'm pretty sure five, six or seven other people are going to drop out, you know, over the next couple of months. Um, but yeah, we kind of funnel it down to, uh, the main candidates. And then that's when the American public, or at least those who are registered Democrat, uh, are going to be able to vote and say, Hey, out of the whole pool of 20, this is the guy for me, or this is the woman for me. So is there any other qualifications aside from donations and endorsements to get you on that debate stage? Or is it literally you have to buy your way onto the stage? Um, to be honest, I am not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I know they, they always talk about the donations the most. So anytime <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you're listening to a candidate on a platform, uh, I regularly tune into the breakfast club or uh, Trevor Noah's show and, you know, they'll, they'll have the candidates come on, which I think is good. Um, and they'll ask for, you know, donations and things like that. Or they'll direct them to their website, mm-hmm. really, where you can donate. Um, but, yeah, to, to my knowledge, uh, that's a question that, you know, I, I do not know, to be specific. You know, if, it, if there's anything other than the donations um, that determine, one, if you get on the debate platform, um, and two, you know, if you um, get further through the election process. So Steve checks in on Get Vocal and says it's also the number of unique donors you have. So that's good information to know. OK, right. Right. Yeah, that's definitely good. So 
Yeah, and that makes sense too, right? Like, it can't be just one person say, hey, I'm giving you a trillion dollars. You yeah, like, here you go. I just bought your spot on the stage. Now you do everything that I tell you to do. And it's like, oh. right, like right. I think I may watch, I probably have watched too much scandal in my day, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I guess let's jump into some of these platforms. So the one thing I will say is this. Yes, do it. As I was researching, so the people that I researched was uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Bernie okay. Sanders, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Uh, Andrew Yang, perhaps? Mm, the Yang Gang? A little. So <laughs> a I little researched bit? Okay. all of them, but like the one thing I found in common is they, they all have very similar platforms. The things that yes. really set them apart, these four that I'm talking about, the ones that the things that really set them apart is their view on um, college and the mm-hmm. national debt crisis, uh, the view on abortion, pro life, pro choice. Um, okay. And also this view on what was the other one? Um, basically, marijuana, <laughs> essentially. Okay, yeah. But yeah, for the most yeah. part, they all kind of have like the same sort of platforms. I mean, personally, as I was doing the research, I kind of was a fan of of Kamala Harris for some of the things that she's standing up for, which I really liked. Oh, the okay. other thing that sets them apart is this idea on um, incarceration and voting. Like a lot of them have views about felons being able to vote while in while behind bars and also when they get out, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. Um, so that's like yeah. some of the ways that they come together. But um, <laughs> I wish I kind of wish like as I was doing the research, one thing I thought I was like the, the 80s baby in me popped up and I was like, dang, man, why can't we get like all these candidates together to create like. The big, the big Power Ranger guy. Like, who was the big yeah. the Transformer? Whatever the heck. Like, everybody together <laughs> right. creates like the right. big, the big guy. It's like Mister or Mrs. Democrat. Like, yeah. <laughs> all the candidates put together. Um, Join forces. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, everybody come together and let's make Voltron or something. I don't know if that's the right thing. That's probably wrong. But, no, I, 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 I agree, and I honestly think that will happen yeah. eventually. Um, now, in the beginning, yes, everyone is going to be kind of. Uh, at odds, um, because like you said, there's minor differences, yeah. you know, between their different policies and plans. And I think that's okay. You know, I, for one, was not, um, you know, kind of annoyed by the amount of people that threw their hat in the ring and wanted to run for president. I was. I felt like that was a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. Um, and, and here's why, because I think we were very apathetic before Trump. We were very lazy mm. before Trump. Yeah. We, I think we looked at things as, oh, it's a problem, but somebody else is more qualified to take care of it. So we'll let them handle it. Yeah, right? We, right. I, I feel like we were very hands off when it came to politics and policies and things like that and laws and legislation. Uh, and now once, you know, we have this man in office who has definitely ticked off a lot of people who have definitely exposed uh, and a underbelly of a lot of bigotry and hatred and racism Mm -hmm. and and just so much things that's in this country. I think it's woken up a lot of people. Um, So I, I, for one, I'm totally cool with it. Understanding that, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of them will be weeded out, you know, just based off of uh, policy and effectiveness and uh, relatability, uh, you know, to the party. Um, and then also, if they run clean campaigns, then yes, they should be able to join forces, you know, once the actual nominees are made. Um, you know, I see 
no um, reason why they can't reach back and say, hey, I know I defeated you in a primary, but hey, join forces, be my running mate. Yeah. Or be my, you know, secretary of education or, you know, different because they're going to have to have a cabinet, you know, unlike the guy who's in office now who, you know, fires someone every other week or someone resigns every other week. There's still positions now that are unfilled yeah. and have been unfilled for months. Like they're going, whoever wins is going to need a full cabinet. So I think as long as they run a clean campaign, as long as they don't kind of backbite and kind of, you know, come at each other during this primary election process, they should be able to join forces when it's all said and done and work together because that's what we really are going to need anyway. True. You know, we can kind of figure out the, the small minute differences in policies, you know, once we get there, but let's win first. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So I want to dive into, uh, you know, obviously college cost is a big deal for folks like you yes, and me. We have college yes, student loans and things. And I just, oh, I just posted something up the other day that made my blood boil. But that being said, um, I want like this is this is why politics gets me because it's like all these things. That sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds great. And then it's like, okay, but wait though, because <laughs> there has to be. How does that work though? Like that all sounds good right. on paper, but how does that work? Like you know, Bernie Sanders wants college to be free and wants to eliminate all student loan debt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that sounds great, like on paper, but how right. do you? How does that? What does that affect? Like there's a cost and a, a you know a cause and effect for everything. So making right. college free or canceling all the student loan debt is going to have an effect on something else. So what is that something else that it's going to affect? You know, like these are the reasons mm-hmm. why politics for me is so annoying because I'm like, yeah, I back this 100 percent. And then they're like, well, they're going to raise taxes for you specifically to cover this. And I'm like, right. <laughs> so it's like, And, and, and yeah. you know what? And, and, and that's why we all have to be <laughs> diligent and do our research. Yeah. You know, I. I we can no longer just vote for somebody because of superficial things. Yeah. Like I think, I think Barack Obama was one of the best presidents we have ever had, Yeah. you know, probably undoubtedly in our lifetime, you know, just the, the presidents that we've experienced. Uh, but now that the phenomena is over, right. You, you can no longer say, all right, I'm the first black person to be president. Like, We've been, we've done that. Yeah. And now we have, we have black women running. We have women, white women. We have Latino men, you know, it's, it's a wide field. So we can no longer say, um, I'm, I'm voting for this man because he's black or something like that. You know, now we have to really dive into policy, yep. you know, and to your point, I think that's where the minor differences lie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you want to talk about education and that's, that's one of the um, the policies that I was looking up, and I do have all my notes here. Let's we probably go. won't get through all of them, but I just wanted to have them for reference. Um, a lot of them speak to canceling um, student loan debt uh, in one shape or you know fashion. Yeah. Um, I think for Biden, uh, he wanted to free student loan debt for graduates who are making less than twenty five thousand a year. Yeah. So if you graduated. Um, you are working, but you don't make more than 25 grand a year. Uh, his policy is to freeze your debt, uh, the principal and the interest until you, uh, get past that threshold of $25,000 a year. And I, I think that's good. I, I don't have a problem with that. That was my problem when I initially graduated high, um, not high school, college. 
um, because I wasn't working in my field. I was working a lot of odds and ends jobs. Um, so, you know, I wasn't making over 25 grand a year. Uh, so I didn't have money to pay off my student loans and the interest was compounded. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that really hurt me. Um, now, a, a guy like Andrew Yang, which uh, to me, I'll say he's one of my favorite right now. I, I would put him top three, uh, him, Elizabeth Warren, um, as well as um, Bernie. But what I like about Yang is he has a couple different uh, policies and I encourage everyone to look into not only his, but everyone's because it's, it's a lot. Uh, but him, for example, I'll just read a couple points. So he wants to remove profit margins from loan, ser- uh, loan servicing companies. So they're not actually making profits. They're just helping you repay your loans. Right. Yeah. Um, he wants to do a blanket um, partial reduction, uh, reduction uh, like Elizabeth Warren. Uh, now, his amount isn't specified right now. But Elizabeth Warren says she wants to uh, forgive up to $50,000 in student loan debt um, for, for all graduates. I'm with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Me too. I ain't gonna lie. Um, Yang, he also, he has another option where you can pledge 10% of your salary for the next 10 years to paying it off. And then <laughs> after that 10 year period, whatever's left is forgiven. So you're, you're, you know, you, you are paying towards it, but after 10 years, whatever doesn't get paid off, you know, 10% in 10 years, that, that, uh, that debt is forgiven. Um, he also wants the loan forgiveness for those who didn't graduate. So you went to college, it didn't work out for you, but, um, you're still hit with, you know, 20, 30, 40, $100,000, whatever that is. Okay. You should not be on the hook for that because you didn't graduate. You're not reaping the benefits of that degree. Um, and he also wants to close schools with a high default rate. So, you know, these policies are kind of intricate. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's just Yang. <laughs> I mean, look at Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden's I kind of I, I think he said he wants to do two years of college beef like as free. So he would make schools go from like K through 14 instead of K through 12. And then you know, basically essentially making community college free, essentially across the board and then having um, the last two years of college be, you know, costs that, you know, obviously that you pay. So I'm like, OK, no, right. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know about that. You know, like, mm. yeah, yeah, him, he, yeah, he definitely wants, I think, a free um, community college yeah. for everyone, uh, which is fine. I, I, I can agree to that. But I think the problem goes farther than that you know and it's it's sort of retroactive you know the the solution mm-hmm. any solution that gets done it's going to have to be retroactive because of the amount of debt the amount of predatory loans that were given out to 16 and 17 year olds you know i think we have to address that problem as well yes. not just saying okay free community college yeah um you know my perspective i'm not that sold on Biden right now, um, you know, I I don't know. I, I think he's getting a lot of interest right now because he was Obama's vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think uh, he has the vote of a lot of older African-Americans. He does. Which is key because older African-Americans are the ones who vote, you know, and, and this is kind of like a shot at millennials, right? Because 
we come to the table with all these propositions and these things that we want these um, people in office to accomplish on our behalf. Yet when it comes down to voting, we don't always vote. Yeah. Right. So if I was a politician, why would I pay attention to your demands if I already know you're probably not going to go to the voters box come election day? So I, I, I think, you know, Biden right now is in a position where uh, he might be leading. And I think he is trailing like he's falling a little bit in recent polls. Um, but I definitely think he's probably the leader right now because he has a large amount of the older, you know, mature African-American vote, you know, voting population. Yeah. Um, but that may change once, you know, we get into the detail, right? Like we're doing right now about education, student loan debt, because that affects us, right? Not our parents, usually not our grandparents, you know, you know, that's our money that we got to pay back. So um, yeah, it's a lot that's a part of the, the education part of it. Stephen's checking in again on Get Vocally says it should be kept in mind that these preliminary plans also have a marketing component to try and generate interest in the candidate, which is true. Yeah, we don't know if all of these ideas they're putting forward are things that are actually going to happen. Are they actually going to do this when they get into office? You right. know, like that's the stuff that you never you never quite uh, know for sure. Um, the one thing I do want to mention, too, is this idea of uh, the what was it? Oh, where, I had it like all of it right in here. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. It was basically uh, the background checks thing on guns. So the gun control thing oh, yeah, is, yeah. Another, is another hot topic for a lot of these candidates. All of them support universal background checks, which I think is a good mm-hmm. thing, um, which also gets rid of the, uh, the I think it's the gun show loophole. And then the, is it the Charleston the Charleston yeah, the loophole. Charleston. I've heard of that before. I'm not. The I'm Charleston not loophole on what is, it is from uh, the Charleston loophole is from um, uh, what was the guy's name? The awful, terrible person who went in and killed all those folks in the Charleston church. Oh Dylan yeah, the, the little the little white boy. Yeah, Dylan Roof. That way, Dylan one of those. Roof. Yeah. So um, basically, what happened was he was able to acquire the gun that he got because of legislation that basically allowed for him to transfer it get it transferred before his background check and all that stuff cleared so he was able to obtain that gun because of how long the process is to get clearances for transfers and things like that and that's what allowed him to get the gun to go and shoot um you know that entire church the other uh gun show loophole is that you could just buy a gun at a gun show right with no background check yeah you know so it's like okay i want to get a gun i want to get around this idea of getting a background check where's the nearest gun show Go to the gun show, buy your yep. gun, you're good to go. You know, so there's all yeah. of these different little loopholes that, you know, all of these candidates support having universal background checks and fixing the legislation behind these checks so that there isn't such a delay, so that they're sort of instantaneous or almost, you know, within like 24 hours, 48 hours for some of these, right. these processes to keep people from getting their hands on guns before the appropriate checks are done, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, you know, <laughs> the gun control issue for me is. Like, number one, I don't think any American needs an assault rifle. I'm sorry. Like, you don't need. I agree. There's no reason for anybody to have an AK-47 in America. As mad as I get in New York City, I'm not taking an AK-47 anywhere. Like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Right. You know, like, there's no reason for that. Typically, people with, with assault rifles are for hunting. 
who is shooting mm-hmm. AK-47s at deer? Like, it's supposed to be a yeah. sport. The idea is it's a sport. You're supposed to give the deer a fighting <laughs> chance. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, right. you're not, you know. You're not letting perfect. off an entire round yeah. into the side of a deer. You know, so I am not a person who believes that any American needs to have an assault rifle like that. Like, you don't need it. I'm sorry. You just don't. Right. And I, I would be hard-pressed to find somebody who can convince me otherwise. But that being right. said, the people that want to have guns are going to get guns. That's the issue. And they're going to go on the black market. They're going to go on the street. They're going to go through shady means. So it's not necessarily so much about, you know, not necessarily the background checks, because most of the time, if you want to get a gun to do something illegal, you're probably not getting it through illegal means. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like something Correct. needs to be done for the current amount of guns that are currently in these streets. And I mean, a lot of them are supporting this idea of a, a buyback uh, program for assault weapons, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like there needs to be more thought and more conversation around this idea of what do we do about the guns that already are in the hands of people? Because that's right. the issue. You know, like we can stop people from getting them, but we can't necessarily control the people that got them already. You know, that that's the right. problem. So. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I agree with you. I, I think, um, and this is not one of the policies that I kind of researched in depth, but just from watching some of the debates, I do know that um, Beto, uh, Beto uh, yes, uh, from El Paso, from Texas, he does um, endorse a ban on AR-15s and AK-47s, you know. So I do agree with that. Like, to your point, there's no reason why you need a, a wartime gun <laughs> in civil community or in America. Yeah. You know, no one no one's trying to take all of your guns. You know, we just want to take the ones that can kill at an astronomical rate off, you know, the streets. And to your point, yes, you, you, you can't you can't be 100 percent with it, you know, but at least if we can have policy in place, like let's just start somewhere. Right. And let's just build upon that. You know, I think that'll be great for this country, because right now with nothing in place and with the NRA being in bed with, you know, politicians, it's 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 hunting season out here <laughs> in America. And it's, it's sad. It, it really <laughs> not seriously it really is sad that um the uh i think the the police got to the scene i think this was the one in pittsburgh the mass shooting at the mosque they got to the scene in a minute yeah and, and still like that's not enough so if the response time like one minute response time isn't good enough like we have a problem yeah. we we really have a problem and i think you know that's going to that particular subject is going to take educating the American people. Like I was saying from the beginning, we have to make sure that we are all informed because the ignorant will say, oh, they're trying to take our guns, right? Like, and wow. the informed person will understand, okay, we're not trying to take your guns. This, the Second Amendment will still remain. You know, you do have the right to bear arms, but you should have to have a license. You know, just like if you want a car, you have to have a license. You might need to get that license inspected every year or just updated to make sure that your mental capacity is still there, right? Mm -hmm. If you suffer from Down syndrome or any kind of mental disability, you probably shouldn't have a gun, (laughs) right? Common sense things, you know, that isn't infringing upon your right or your freedom to have one. We just want to make sure that the people that do have them can operate them responsibly. Um, So I think that sort of 
um, you know, research and, and knowledge that every American voter is going to have to look into and, and, and bring up, you know, in these debates uh, as talking points, because we, we, we can't be ignorant anymore. We, we, we can't stick to the, uh, the 30 second commercial points, right? Because everyone's going to have their commercial and it's going to be very dumbed down knowledge. Mm-hmm. Vote for me because the other person is trying to take your gun. <laughs> you know, it, we can't fall yeah. for that crap anymore. We we have to be informed. So, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you on, on the whole gun topic. And I mean, like, it's obvious we had, like, I, I've been saying this for a long time, but it's like, it's obvious this country has a problem when we had the Sandy Hook school shooting and still nothing happened. When we have that yeah. many children pass away from a gun coming into a school and still nothing happens, that's a problem. And instead right. of us fixing the gun problem we have in this country, we start fixing the products that we have so now kids have bulletproof backpacks like did you see they put a psa out they did the the sandy hook um school did a psa for back to school time and it was the most chilling commercial i've ever seen in my life it was, i saw that you saw, I saw that, that. Yes. it was like my dad bought me the skateboard yes. for school and he's like using it to break out a window and you hear the gunshots and like the little girl in the bathroom i'm like what is wrong with our country? Like, instead of us actually yeah. fixing the gun problem, we're buying our kids bulletproof backpacks or we're putting more, you know, metal detectors inside of our theaters. Or, you know, I had a conversation right. the other day at my job where we were talking about security measures and, like, how we could put Kevlar on the bottom of seats. It's like, <laughs> like goodness gracious. <laughs> like, what is going on? Where are we as a nation and, right and now? You know what's going on? Preservation of guns yeah. and profit. What? They will do, the, the, the Republican Party and the NRA will do literally anything imaginable under the sun to keep their profit margins when it comes to the selling of guns. Like, so that's how you get dumb policies like that, like arming school teachers, or like you said, Kevlar backpacks, or you know, metal detectors and all these different things. It doesn't address the initial problem which yeah. is the fact that there are too many wartime guns in the hands of regular citizens and then also unstable citizens, yeah. you know, people that shouldn't even have them, you know, based upon their own mental capacity. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's crazy that's out here. And, and, that... You know, that's something that we as millennials, we're definitely going to have to hold these candidates accountable because real change it's definitely necessary. It is. Um, So something else that all these candidates seem to agree on is this idea of eliminating the electoral college or looking at it and changing it. So I I wasn't able to do much research on this. I don't know if you were, but what does, or anybody watching right now that may know, what does a country without an an electoral college look like? Like what does our political process look like without the electoral college? Like what does that change if we eliminate it? You know, like that's the question I want to know. Yeah, that that was um, I've I've heard that discussion, you know, back and forth before. You know, I'm I'm not too versed on it either, um, but you know, it, it does seem a little problematic. You know, I, I won't speak too much on it because I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spit out misinformation. Yeah. But it, it definitely seems like a problem when you know the, the the popular vote, meaning literally more people voted for one person than somebody else. But at the end of the day, the person that didn't get the most votes still wins. Yeah. You know, um, it is it is it seems problematic to me. 
Uh, and a lot of the candidates that I um, looked into, they did say that they wanted to either some abolish it or kind of, uh, like you said, adjust, adjust it. it. And I, I'd go as far as to say it, it probably needs to be adjusted. You know, I can't say whether it needs to be abolished 100%, but let's at least try to fix it, right? So we don't get these situations um, like we've had in, in the past election. Definitely. So, yeah, and uh, Steve checks in again. He says it looks like England and Israel where winners are decided by popular vote, basically, which I think makes sense. Like people voted for you. We asked right. for you <laughs> like this is what we asked for. <laughs> right. You know, right. Like, that makes more sense to me. But I just wasn't sure. I'm like, I know that there's got to be more ramifications and it's just like just popular vote. You know, like that seems can't be that easy. Right. I think they were trying to level the playing field. So smaller states like you know, uh, like a Rhode Island or, you know, like these small states can have, can carry the same or an equitable amount of weight as a state like Texas or yeah. California, Yeah. you know, but, you know, I think when it, when it comes down to it, some states carry more weight because they should, maybe it's, they just have more you know, problems. yeah, you know, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's I do think one. it needs to be adjusted. It needs yeah. to be looked at <laughs> at the very so, least. We're coming up towards the end of the show. We're not going to end just here because there's still more things that we want to discuss. I know you still got talking yeah. points over there. Um, that was an hour already. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> but one thing I will say is the thing that all of these candidates that I see um, seem to have in common is this. And for me, I could talk about this all day, but it's this okay. idea of abolishing capital punishment and the death penalty, eliminating private prisons, which for me, mm -hmm. I could talk about that until the cows come home. Um, and then also getting rid of mandatory minimum sentencing, which fair sentencing is, sentencing is something we've been needing in this country for a long, long time. So all of the candidates seem to agree um, with those things across the board. They also agree to uh, pay farmers to adopt more um, climate-friendly practices. Uh, mm -hmm. They also seem to adopt this idea of citizenship for dreamers. Um, they, none of them support additional wall funding. <laughs> right. None right. of them. Not a one. Not a surprise, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they do. They do kind of. Uh, most of them. Most of them have like Bernie Kamala and Elizabeth Warren all support this idea of legalizing marijuana, which I think is great because not only does that mean um, that it can reverse some of the harsh sentences that folks of color are serving in jail right now for having marijuana, um, besides right. the fact that also it has proven health benefits as well, but mm -hmm. it's. It's just something that needs to happen in general um, overall, yeah. I think, you know, and then the only person who is an outlier in that uh, regard is Joe Biden, who wants to decriminalize it, but not necessarily uh, legalize it. So there's there's right. a reason why he wants to decriminalize versus legalize, you know, so mm -hmm. there's you know, there's there's very few differences between the candidates. They all want to ban fracking, um, you know, so that's another thing. They they all kind of like. They all have very similar views on things, um, but right. they're just there are certain things that are hot topics and talking points that we all need to, like you said, we need to be informed. Like you need to mm -hmm. look at what their stance is on healthcare because healthcare is a big deal. You know, yeah. they need to look. You need to look at their stance on for women. We need to look at their stance on their abortion ideas and their choice, their pro choice right. or pro life, because that's going to affect you big time. It is. It is. Um, you know, you don't want people. That pardon my French, you don't want people without vaginas telling you what to do with yours. 
Sorry. No vagina, right. no opinion. Fair point. <laughs> Period. <laughs> like literally. Fair point. You know, and you need to look at what they want to do with the debts with the debt system, taxes. Like these are the things that you need to pay attention to. You know, like you said, we can no longer just go off, well, I'm voting for her because she's a woman, or I'm voting for him or her because they're black. Like, no. Like, what is it that they're going to do? I think we learn with, mm-hmm. with Trump in office, I think we learn that just voting for a candidate just because or realizing your vote doesn't count is not the way to go. You know, I not think the way to go at all. I would love to say and hope and pray that, you know, Donald Trump is just a four year blip, an accidental American blip where it's like, oops, <laughs> you know, caught us slipping. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Our bad. Yeah. You know, like we, we get it back together and we, we get back on track, you know, like. But in your opinion, right. do you think any of these candidates can give him and his ridiculously sketchy and twisted ways a run for his money? What is your opinion? Uh, I do. I, I, I do. Um, I, I like uh, I like Elizabeth Warren. When I went on her website and I was yeah. just kind of looking at all of her policies, I think out of all the candidates that are running right now, in my opinion, she has the most thought out, laid out, presentable policies yeah. like right now. And I, and I know like policies are going to continue to be drawn out, mm-hmm. you know, between now and Election Day. But it feels like out of all of them, like she's ready. <laughs> like she's strapped. <laughs> she's strapped with policy. I don't know if strapped um, is the right word to use for this. I know, I know. But, yeah. <laughs> but she she is prepared. Let's say that. Yeah. She is prepared with a lot of different policies uh, that I encourage everyone to just go to her site and read for yourself. Um, I think she would give um, Trump a run for his money. I think um, Andrew Yang, to be honest, like I think he would give. Trump a run for his money simply because he presents a lot of practical solutions. Yeah. Like I think he doesn't have as many policies laid out as Warren right now, but everything I've read about his policies, I found myself agreeing. Like I would read it and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That's, that's a, yeah. that's a good idea. That's a smart idea. You know? So in short, I think a lot of these, um, guys and girls will give Trump a run for his money. Uh, I think Yang would, um, Warren would, um, Bernie would, uh, uh, Kamala Harris would, um, even probably Biden. You know, like I said before, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too sold on on Biden out of all of them. But I think a lot of these candidates could theoretically um, defeat Trump in an election. Um, it's it's our job to really look at their policies, right, and, and look at their stances, um, and educate ourselves, and and even a little bit educate other people too. Because while I am encouraging everyone to you know uh, be diligent in it, and so are you, there's always going to be people who are going to be kind of spreading misinformation, and I think it's on us to be as informed as possible. So that we can also inform others, you know, um, ideally, I would love everyone to take a day, a week or whatever and research. But I know that's not the case. Um, that wasn't the case for me for a long time because we, we all are busy. You know, we, we all um, have work, jobs, families, you know, friendships, social life. And it's easy to put election policies and c- candidates on the back burner, you know. Um, but yeah, if enough of us can get informed and that we can inform others so they can be informed, 
when election time does come, we can have a bunch of informed voters. So we don't fall for the same the nonsense. The pipe. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not that, fall you know, people man. fell for the last time around. Yeah, like that's just crazy. Um, so one more person checking in again on Get Vocal here it says 76% of baby boomers voted in 2016, 46% of millennials voted. Uh, we can never let that happen again, regardless yeah. of who comes out as a Democratic candidate. No one can stay home. I agree. Your vote right. matters. And people that's that don't the think your vote matters thing. is why that's Trump the is the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, I personally, I, I was very frustrated with the people that had the mindset of, Oh well, both candidates are bad, so why vote? Yeah, you know, like... because it, it's it's like you can't not be a part of it and then get mad at whatever legislation that comes down the pipe that affects you and your home. Yeah, like yes, I didn't think Hillary was the greatest Democratic nomination. Uh, I actually favored Biden over Hillary, but Hillary won. Right. So I could either pout and stay home and vote for neither. Right. Which is indirectly a vote for Trump. Or I could still go out and vote for Hillary, because although, yes, I don't think she would. I don't think she would have been a a better president than Obama. Right. She would have been better than Trump. (laughs) We're three years (laughs) into this Trump presidency and we have seen we have all anyone with half a brain has seen how. Um, detrimental he has been to this country, whether it's policies that he's removed or enacted, whether it's relationships that he's ruined with yeah. other countries. Yep. He, he is problematic. unequivocally problematic <laughs> <laughs> and not good for the well-being of this country on a micro or a macro level. So you can't sit here and tell me that by not voting at all, instead of voting for Hillary, we would have been in the same predicament that we are in right now in 2019. I refuse to believe that, you know, those two uh, worlds would have been the same. Yeah. You know, so the truth is, it's it's, it's not the same. You you might not always get who you want. Right. Um, You know, you might favor one of these Democratic uh, nominees and they may not win. Right. But that's no reason to pout and stay out of the process, you know, because you're actually doing more harm than good. Um, And and no one's perfect. That's the thing about politics. Nobody's perfect. Like, if you look at Obama, he had all these great ideas. Did he accomplish all of them? No, for a lot of different reasons. But at the end of the day, you have to exercise your right, you know, um, to, to, to vote um, so at least we can have the right people at the table. And then once they're at the table, we can kind of figure out, OK, how are we going to get this list of 50 things done yeah. that you wanted to accomplish, you know, when you were trying to get elected? You know, what's funny is like a couple of things I noticed when Obama was getting elected, when he was like we were in that process. You remember like the the energy that was in this country, like it was this contagious, excited yeah. energy, you know, like, yeah. and there was like celebrities, like get out and vote. What you doing? I'm coming to get you so we can go vote. Like, <laughs> right. like it was, it was like this big, huge push to vote. And when it came time for election in 2016, there was none of that. The energy was not there. Right. The push to vote was not there. And I think a lot of people were like, 
Like people seem to to fall back on their heels with this idea like, oh, you have to vote because our forefathers died for you to have the right. That doesn't work for us anymore. Like it doesn't. I'm sorry. Like I I'm one of those people. Yes, I agree. People busted their behinds for you to have the right to vote as a woman, as a black woman, as you know, all of that. Like we was already Mm -hmm. behind the eight ball. So I'm 100 percent appreciative of all the people that came before me that worked really hard to make this possible. But this the younger generation doesn't see that. They don't understand that. It's not tangible to them. Like, it doesn't make sense. You know, they're like, oh, somebody fought for this, right? That doesn't mean anything to me because I've just born with it. You know, like, Mm -hmm. they don't understand how that works. So it's like, you can't hit them with the, well, people died for your right to vote. You got to go vote. I've seen so many people have adverse reactions to that that I'm just like, wow, (laughs) that's how we feel about history, though? Like, okay, you know, it's like at this stage of the game, we can't we can't just say, well, people died for your right to vote. Like, yeah, people died for a lot of things. People don't seem to care about that. You have to hit people where it where it actually hurts and where it matters to them on their level. You have to say your reason for not voting last year or for this year is the reason why Trump is in office. Your reason, the reason you said, oh, my vote doesn't matter is the reason why you didn't get a tax return this year or, you know, gas prices are four dollars and fifty. Like these are the things. These are the direct results of you deciding that your vote doesn't count and your vote doesn't matter. So whether or not you want to believe it, if the candidate, even if it's not the candidate that you wanted for your party, you have to go and vote for your party because at the end of the yeah. day, even though the candidate's not the candidate that you want, they have to share some of the same ideals of the candidate. Right. They wouldn't be in the party if they didn't have <laughs> similar ideas. So it's right. like, okay, you don't get you don't get a hundred percent of what you want, but that's what a compromise is. You know what I mean? Like, okay, exactly. so you don't have the same belief as me on this, 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 and this. Okay, but you have primarily the same belief as this, 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 and this. You yeah. know, it's better than somebody who has a total opposite belief of everything you think. <laughs> like, right. I don't understand right. why people don't put two and two together like that. To me, that that's mind boggling. Um, it's just it's frustrating. Because we are, as I think, as a country, um, specifically millennials, we are very uneducated and immature and naive when it comes to politics, um, the election process. Um, we, we, we simply are not educated on the, the subject. Um, you know, um, the, the person right there who posted that stat saying only 40 46% of millennials yeah. voted. Yeah. That's problematic. Very. You know, like, like I said before, if you don't vote, you are making yourself invisible in this country. Is it, it is as if you are not here. Because your 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 stance don't matter, your your agendas don't matter, because you weren't counted, because you decided not to make it matter, you know. So, although yes, I do agree. Yes, our forefathers died for the right, uh, and that should be enough, <laughs> but it, it isn't, you know, to our generation because we're so far removed from it. We don't know what it's like to not be counted. We don't know what it's like to not be represented. Mm-hmm. So given that we don't know what that feels like, okay, it, it, it will have to be more personal. Like you said, you know, you wonder why your tax return was so low. Um, are you wondering why, you know, uh, different things are happening, you know, that are your affecting you on, on, so on a local yeah, level, whether it be taxes, healthcare, um, education, uh, your student loan interest rate, all these things are determined by people who got voted into a position. So if you are not exercising your 
right to be a part of that voting process, you are basically removing yourself, you know, from like the the pool of people that can actually affect change. So, um, yeah, I do encourage people. Yeah, whether you agree with the candidate or maybe you're one of those people where someone tells you, hey, your forefathers died for the right to vote and that means nothing to you. Like, remove all that aside, right? Like, and wow. look at your life. Look at the areas of your life where you're not satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, um, especially like if you're an immigrant or have immigrant friends. Um, look at the situation. You know, why Why does it take so long for you to um, become an American citizen? Why is the process so long? Yep. You know, um, why can ICE literally come to your house, yank you out the bed, <laughs> and hand you over to the authorities for deportation, and you have no criminal record, right? Why is that possible? You know, so I, I, I do think we have to get past the, oh, you know, people died for you to vote, which is valid. I don't want to make light of that, but we have to go deeper um, because, yeah, millennials... Uh, we're busy. We have a lot of other things going on and, you know, the voting process isn't really a high priority until it affects us personally. And usually that's too late. It's too late at that point. Very much so. So I think the one thing I will say, and somebody mentioned this earlier on in the conversation was this idea that like the election of Trump in this country, I think woke a lot of people up for several different reasons. One, it it unearthed a lot of racism that we all kind of suspected was there, but didn't really know. And now we're seeing it. We're like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, it's right in front of your face. You know, it it awoke a lot of people in terms of like, oh, electing a president can affect this. You know, like people are realizing and starting to put two and two together. Like, oh, this is how I'm affected by this political process. Oh, my vote does matter in local based elections because it helps with the House of, you know, representatives and the Senate and things like that. Um, Right. I think people are starting to pay more attention. I'm hoping that we can get and recapture that same energy that we had, you know, circa 2008 when yeah. Obama and, and was getting ready to take office. And it was just like, it was just palpable, man. It was so exciting. <laughs> it was like, you were yeah. like, yeah, I voted. You see my sticker? Where your sticker? Let's go get you a sticker. Mm-hmm. Come on. We got to go get you a sticker. Like people were excited to go vote. We need that. Keep that same energy, man. We got to keep that same keep energy. Keep that same energy. Like, and, and, and you know, I, I think... I think we can re- reclaim that energy, but I think if that happens, it cannot be based on hype. No. I think that that energy that you're talking about, in large, that was because of hype. That was because of celebrities backing him. That was because he was being the first to do something, which mm-hmm. always is going to galvanize um, the black community, the minority community. So although, yes, I do want it, I also do understand that it's not going to come by the same process. Yeah. Because whoever gets elected, um, if you're a minority, you won't be the first anymore. So just naturally, the hype won't be the same. I I think we can achieve that same hype if we all commit to informing ourselves. Because one, here's the thing about being informed, and here's why I'm so excited. (laughs) <laughs> to, to vote now even more excited than before now that I have actually done tangible research on these people because now I'm I'm knowledgeable of their um, their their stances of their endorsements of their policies so now I have more skin in the game because I know if this person gets elected 
he's going to or she's going to try to do X, Y, Z, you know? So that alone is energizing me because I'm more attached to this candidate mm-hmm. um, more than just, oh, he's black or he, she is a woman this time or it's a Latino or like these superficial things that don't really determine if you're qualified for the position or not anyway. I think we can achieve that hype and that fervor, right, that was present, but we all have to inform ourselves, you know, to get it because being black is not going to do it. Being a woman is not going to do it. You know, I I just don't think that's enough to regain that hype. So if everyone does their homework and really understands what's at stake, then yes, it, it will be, it'll be hype city. (laughs) <laughs> you know, for the for the for the next year. So sure. to round out this conversation, the last thing I want to get your opinion on is this whole impeachment process that just got announced late last week. What are yeah. your thoughts on Nancy Pelosi and her move to impeach Donald Trump? Right. Well, yeah, that was a uh, that was crazy, but at the same, I guess at the same rate, I. I don't think I was surprised. I don't think no one, no one is surprised by anything that happens in this, this (laughs) office. Like on on its face, it seems crazy and ridiculous. But then when you stop and think about it, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I I could see, I could, I'm not surprised. Like nothing is shocking to me just because of how crazy these past three years, four years have been. Um, but as far as the impeachment process goes, um, it, I am happy that we finally got to this point. Initially, I felt like it was long overdue and maybe too too little too late, right? Um, because I've, I've wanted them to impeach him a long time ago. But I do understand the reasoning by which they took, you know, this route that they took, because you want to make sure you have a solid case. Yeah. Because if you don't have a solid case... You can actually energize the other side, yeah, right, and, and, and give them momentum. So you know you you can't really come to the table with a half with half a case, right? Um, and people are saying that's why she waited as long as she did, uh, and I can see that because we all know he's corrupt and just a pathological liar. But when it comes to law, it's about what you can prove. And so many things were blurry or weren't quite clear as far as who's at fault. Um, So I can understand why it took this long Uh, as far as the actual process. So I I did a little, you know, kind of uh, looking into the impeachment process. So from what I understand, uh, well, first, you got to be in charge with the crime, with an an actual crime. Um, Once that's official, um, you know, they can make the move to impeach you. That gets sent to the Senate for a vote. And once it gets to the Senate for a vote, you have to have two thirds of the Senate vote yes for impeachment for it to actually take place. So like, yeah, I know a lot of people were actually like celebrating <laughs> because it doesn't mean, he okay, they, now. yeah, yeah they, 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 they want it, you know, they officially got, you know, the articles to impeach. But that's just the very beginning. Now, now the fun begins, right? Where uh, people might get subpoenaed or, you know, testimonies and all, all these things 
that will actually determine if he actually gets impeached or not. Yeah. Um, that vote that they need, the two thirds of um, the, the vote, um, that's done in the Senate. So, okay, now you got to look at the senators, right? Who's actually in the Senate that's going to vote to impeach? I believe most of the Democrats will vote to impeach, but you need two thirds. So you need some of the Republicans. Yeah. Okay. Who, which one of the Republicans or how Not many of team. the Republicans are actually going to say, you know what, you know, I remove, you know, uh, notwithstanding affiliation by party, this guy is bad for our country, you know? So really the, whether he gets impeached or not is going to depend primarily on how many Republican senators have a soul. Ouch. Straight up like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what it's going to come down to. Um, and then that speaks to our conversation earlier, because if you neglected the election process all the way up to the presidential side, you have senators in office for your well, state that don't represent you. Yep. Because you forfeit your right to be counted, you know. So it, it all plays together. Like it, it, it's a, it's it's one big pot of soup, you know, and it's all connected. So um, yeah, the, it, it's uh it's, it's going to be a pretty crazy, you know, couple of months. It's probably going to be like a reality TV show. I can see that now. <laughs> um, but at the very least, you know, because I for one, I wasn't too optimistic at first that he would actually get impeached. I also thought, okay, maybe it's a, a little too late now because a lot of damage has been done. But now that we're here, let's at least fulfill, you know, this yeah. process, right? Let's take it seriously. And my hope is that whether he gets impeached or not, my hope is that a lot of truths will be revealed in these testimonies that are going to happen that will open the eyes of a lot of uninformed American voters. So, you know, whether he gets impeached or not, a lot of things may be uncovered, you know, that may compel people who may have initially voted for Trump to say, okay, we have to do something. You know, we have to do something about it. Uh, because his approval rate is already low. But, you know, when it comes to, like, facts and things being revealed, that's a whole different story. Like that, that may be the straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, if, if they can uncover some tangible things um, about whether it's the election process before he got elected or these past three years and his dealings, then I think then it becomes um, more so upon the American public to put pressure on these Republican senators to, to vote to impeach. Agreed. So in my opinion, I think that's the path to impeachment. Pull the covers off the whole bad boy. You know, let the American public see, you know, what has been going on. Tangible proof and facts and evidence. And then, you know, using that to apply pressure on um, Republican senators to actually vote for that impeachment. So we, we will see. We will see. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Well, Don, this has been a... Uh truly a good conversation you know i think that's probably as great it as it can go for politics i don't think you know, <laughs> it's like you know i think that's as best as you can do for a political show you know without any any issue i think that went really well 
Um, it, I think so too. I think so too. It's there, an hour and a half, which is crazy. It is. is We've there, been talking uh, for that long. Well, the first 20 minutes or so was you keeping that in mind. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, really it was like an hour. It was like an hour. But um, is there anything else you want to share with the audience before uh, we, we close? And definitely give your contact information if people want to continue the conversation or potentially, you know, maybe do this again on another platform. You know, if you want to come back and talk politics on another show or something like that, somebody may be interested in bringing you on. Sure. Um, yeah. And there's actually a lot. I mean, we could be here till three o'clock, but uh, I know we can't do that. We can always um, do but, a part two. We can always do a part yeah, two. Yeah, we, we, we probably we probably should in a, a, a topic as serious as this. Okay. Um, but just, you know, throughout these past weeks when I've been doing my own research, something that I, I came across a lot is the word or the buzzword socialism. And, you know, a lot of candidates have different policies and, um, you know, some policies get the socialist you know, tag applied to it Mm -hmm. and some don't. Um, And I I think that's been a buzzword that's definitely, definitely been used by the Republican party to kind of, uh, I guess, convince people that some policies are bad, you know, to Americans, socialism is bad. Capitalism is good. And it's black and white. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but really, after looking at some of these policies and also looking at what's what's already established in this country, I, I don't think it's as black and white as Republicans want you to believe. I think there's nuance to to it. I think there's uh, you know a gray area to it because we we already have, uh, I guess, semi-socialist policies in place in the country already. Mm-hmm. You know, um, take, for example, um, the situation with the uh, tariffs on China. So we have a lot of farmers in the Midwest who sell uh, soybeans to China. Well, now that the tariffs are in place, they're not buying it. And the soybeans are just sitting there on the farms and they're rotting. And farmers are not making a profit. They're literally not bringing any money because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you think is going to have to happen? When this is all over, like the president is going to have to take care of them in some kind of way, you know, to cover their losses. Right. That's a socialist policy. Whatever he does, if he gives them a dollar. That could be um, portrayed as a socialist policy because you're you're kind of giving them a safety net. Right. You know. Uh, albeit valid, you know, I, I definitely think they should be recompensated for his blunders because it's because of his, you know, blowing smoke and putting these tariffs in place that farmers are sitting on a bunch of soybeans and not bringing in money. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, being that, you know, I, I am a I'm a registered Democrat, um, but I like to consider myself more in the middle uh, because, the, the, the thing is, I'll, I'll say this. So forever, since forever, the Republican Party, in my opinion, has been hiding behind religion and faith, you know, um, and they would have you believe that they're the party, you know, <laughs> of the religious, you know, um, people and, and Christians all over. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And I am not 
a registered Republican. So I, I don't think it's as black and white as they want to make it seem like it is. Um, a lot of times, in my opinion, they're like using God and religion to hide their greed and their evil, you know, uh, and they will bring up religion when it when it suits their point, <laughs> you know, um, it's like they they read only parts of the Bible and they forget the rest, the, rest. Of it, the context, you know, yes, you know, when it when it comes to let's say, let's use socialism because we are on that topic. Uh, they will have you believe, oh, socialist is bad. Everything should be capitalism to the umpteenth degree. Well, you know, I being a Christian, I read my Bible. And in the Bible, God speaks about certain things that um, should be in place to take care of, let's say, the poor, right? The needy, foreigners even, widows, um, I have I actually <laughs> I actually wrote down a couple um, verses and I guess I can go. I won't read it all um, because uh, I, I don't want to have a Bible study here with people. We but already at the same doing time, politics. I want, <laughs> Might as well do religion, too. <laughs> right. I, I just want people to understand that re- Republican does not equal being right with God and Democrat means being wrong with God. Because that's the way they want you to believe. Like, and after reading some things and finding out some things for myself, like, in my opinion, and I say this, I say this semi facetiously, right? God kind of sounds like a socialist, and <laughs> in, in some in some ways, um, take take in point. I'll, I'll read a little bit, right? I'll, I'll read a couple, and you can kind of let me know what you you think. So this is coming from. Um, where it is, uh, Leviticus, I believe. Um, and I should have, no, actually Deuteronomy. So this is, this is God talking to the people, right? Mm -hmm. So he's saying, and I can kind of cite this and sort this at the end and everything for people who are listening. So he's saying, when you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field, don't go back to get it. Leave it for the farmers the orphans and the widows. Then the Lord, your God will bless you in all that you do. When you beat the olives from your olive trees, don't go over the boughs twice. Leave the remaining olives for the farmers, the orphans and the widows. When you gather the grapes in your vineyard, don't glean the vines after they are picked. Leave the remaining grapes for the farmers, orphans and widows. Remember that you were slaves in the land of Egypt. That's why I'm giving you this command. So basically, he's saying, like, remember where you came from. Like, you were once slaves. Yeah. Like, you were in bondage. So how dare you try to, like, take everything for yourself? Remember the unfortunate or remember people who are less fortunate than you. Um, And I thought that was interesting, like. And when I read that, it just a light went off in my head because if you listen to the Republican Party, they they don't want big government, right? They don't want regulation, meaning they don't want people looking in their pockets and making sure they are abiding, you know, um, by the laws, mm-hmm. right? They want less taxes. <laughs> they always want less taxes because why should I have to give out of my pocket to unfortunate? or people who have not made it to where I am, 
you know, and they'll they'll paint it as if like taxes are bad, regulation is bad. When in reality, we need those programs because if it was not for regulation, right, and and taxes, they would just evil would run amok. Corruption <laughs> would run amok. You know, no one is going to say, or I won't say no one. You should never use the word no one. Most but people. most people will never say, you know what? I made $100 million this year. Let me donate $2 million. You know, everyone is just in it for themselves. And that's capitalism. Being an entrepreneur, I understand that. Trust me. I got bills to pay. I got loans to pay back. So I understand, you know, accumulating wealth. But as a believer in God, I also understand being mindful of those who are less fortunate than me. So I, I, I think, you know, just for the people that want to be informed voters, um, I would be careful of falling into the trap of Republicans labeling people and or policies as socialist without doing your own research. Because everything that's deemed socialist is not actually bad. You know, um, I'm sure we all have grandparents who are who are on Social Security or getting to that age. Well, yeah, guess where we would be if we didn't have Social Security? It's true. You know, and, you know, so I'll, I'll digress off of that point. But I thought that was, you know, very interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> you know? do a we'll do a part two of this conversation, you know, since you have a couple more talking points and stuff like that. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll bring you back and we'll do, you know, politics part two um and we'll kind of go from there i think that's probably a good idea and then you can kind of pull all the other talking points you have and we can address those too um but for now why don't you give everybody your contact information where they can find you follow you reach out to you and potentially continue the conversation with you once we're off air sure so if you want to continue the dialogue you can reach me on my facebook page that is donald henry brown um or if you want to go the instagram route you can find me at at the Don Henry. Okay. Those are the two best ways to find me. Um, if you are a creative, all right, and you want to utilize your skills, whether it be design or photography, videography, you're looking for uh, part-time work or uh, per diem work, you can also contact me through my Facebook business page, which is Don Brown Design. All right. So I will uh, definitely reach out to you so we can do part two of this conversation. Um, Look at that. Yeah. A book, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. You got one. <laughs> now you're going to do a second one. So this, was been, this has been a really, really good conversation. I am really, really happy that I was able to, to make this happen. Um, sad that it's my last technically live show on a Saturday afternoon for a while. Um, so those right. folks that weren't here at the beginning of the show, um, this is my last live show for the season. My shows will go back into pre-record mode uh, starting next week-ish or so. Um, but I will still be recording them via Get Vocal. So you'll be able to see when I'm live with a conversation or with a guest um, on Get Vocal and still be able to voice your opinions and chime in with me. But they just will not air live on Saturdays. Uh, it'll be pre-recorded for Saturday. Um, but I want to thank gotcha. the folks behind the scenes that tune in to Sound Off and WJMS Radio on a regular basis. Thank you guys so much for your support and your hard work. To all the folks that chimed in today and that were watching with us, thank you for sticking around. I know it was a super long show for you guys, but it was hopefully it was informative <laughs> and it was 
information that you guys can take back and at least use to make an informed decision when it's time for polls and things like that. Um, I right. want to thank you, Don, for taking the time to be with me today and not being afraid to come on air. I know it's your first time doing radio, but you did an absolutely great job. So thank you so much thank for, you very for much. your efforts today. Um, and yeah, I'll be back with a, another episode next week. Uh, make sure you guys check it. Keep it locked. Uh, for those folks that want to join Team Jams and walk in the Lung Cancer Walk on Sunday, October 20th up here in Brooklyn, please reach out. Leave me a message. I will give you the link to the uh, walk and where you can either donate or join the team. I take any and all people. I'm excited to just have a huge team walking <laughs> with me. So it doesn't matter how big or small. Um, and I'll be speaking at the event as well. So that should be pretty awesome, too. So make sure you check it out. Share cool. it. And, and very at the very least, come and walk with me across the Brooklyn Bridge. It'll be a nice day. Um, so, again, thank awesome. you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Don, for being with us today. To everybody else, I'll You're see welcome. you next time. And make sure you keep it locked for part two because we'll be coming back again with another episode. All right. I'll see you guys next yeah. week right here on WJMS Radio.
24-7 at WJMSRadio.com.